Amen. Amen. So we ain't never going to be the same again. Hello? Come on. We ain't ever going to be the same again. Yeah, come on. You know, hey, it's a holiday weekend. Let's act like we're having a party. We ain't never going to be the same again. About ready to get changed again. Right? We're not looking for information. Looking for transformation. Don't want to be the same. Man, I want to have, you know, I need some breakthrough. There are people in the room. You need some breakthrough. Well, God is the author of that stuff. Man, he's pretty good at that stuff. But let me tell you where you're going to have to move from. You're going to have to move from a place. You can't be complacent and, like, have a breakthrough experience. You can't, you know, well, uh, you know, God's large and in charge. No, he, he's given you authority. He's given you dominion. He's given you power. And, and you, you, you're going to have to engage in this thing. You know, you, you can't be at a place, uh, you know, we've been talking about the three chairs, and, and, and all of us, you know, we're trying to get to that first chair place where our life is, is, is a demonstration of total commitment, where we are wholehearted servants of God. Man, you know, the last thing I want to be, and it's kind of crazy, you got to think it through, man, you got to wrap your heart around this, but, you know, the last thing I want to be is like a half-hearted follower. No, I want to be a wholehearted servant. I want to be committed to God in every area of my life. I, I, I want to have a relationship with God that changes the, the direction of, of, and the decisions that I make. And I want God, you know, James said, if you'll receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, it has the power to save your soul. Your soul's the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices. I want God's influence to change the way I think. Man, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be where I am next year, where I am this year. I, I, no, I, I'm, I'm pressing in. I want, I want another, uh, another you know, level of commitment in my life. And this is where we're trying to get. But a lot of times we find ourselves in that second chair, you know, where it's compromised, duplicity, where we are wholehearted servants. But we're not sure to who. You know, it, it changes from day to day. One day, it's all about me. The next day, it's all, it's all about God. One day, uh, you know, I'm in hot pursuit of, 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 you know, increasing the bottom line. And the next day, that doesn't matter. You know, you know why? Because it's Sunday. So that's the day, you know, that, that the Lord has made. And we live in a place of duplicity. And we bring a confusion into our life. And, and to the people who are watching us, they have no idea who we're serving. You know, we got a Jesus t-shirt and a bumper sticker and a nasty attitude. And, you know, what's that coming from? You know, hey, when you're running people off the road, make sure you, if, well, let me put it this way. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, get him off your bumper. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, help us out here. You know, you know, I know about you people. Okay. But we live that, li that life of, <laughs> of compromise and duplicity, and it messes up the, the whole world. And then, of course, there's, there's complacency, which always leads to conflict. And, and you know, complacency, that, that chair, this is the chair that a guy who doesn't even know God, this is where he spends his life. You, you know, uh, Paul, when he wrote about it, he'd say, this, this is the natural man. You know, where, where this guy's carnal, that, that's the spirit man, this is carnal. But this is the natural man. The Bible says that the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit, neither can he, for their foolishness to him. All this God stuff, it's just foolishness. 
Man, uh, no, I tell you what, you know, the natural man, his mindset, even about his job, you know, it, it, that's his proven ground. That's where he shows what he's made of. That's, that's where he presses in. And if he works hard and, and, and does well, it's because of him. But, but the guy, man, the guy that's, that's got God in his life and the guy that is committed to serving God, his job, that's his calling. And he's on the job, and, and he, he serves God. Now, somebody else is paying him, and so he's, but he's serving God. And he's called there, and it's not about the project, but it's about the people. He, he's making a difference in the lives of the people that God has, has placed him, you know, in, in that environment that he's in. But a lot of us, you know, we're down here in this chair. We don't want to admit it. You know, we don't want to admit that we're complacent. We, we, we don't want to admit that there's any area of conflict. It's odd how many people are actually at conflict with God. Man, and you're asking God to fix stuff that, that you perpetuate. You're asking God to change things that, uh, you know, we, 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 we want to change out here, don't we? We, we, we want to change in the environment around us. And, and, and when we think of the enemy, you know, we, well, we think of the people sitting around us. Don't look around right now. Just look straight ahead. Every once in a while, look confused. That'll help. You know, uh, you know we, we, we think of in-laws, and, and we, we, we think of, <laughs> that's funny because Dave and Bonnie are here, but, uh, you know, we, we think of, uh, we, we, we think of neighbors, we think of employers or employees. Man, let me tell you something, there's only one thing worse than an employer, an employee. Yeah, you know, we're thinking the enemy, the devil, the devil. The devil. Man, let, me tell you the, let me tell you where victory is going to be. It's, you know, it's, it's not that, when you think of the enemy, don't think of the enemy, think of the enemy. In a me. It's what's in a me that's keeping me. See, a lot of us think that God needs to help us change our, our position. No, what you need to change is your disposition. You, 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 need, to, you, you need to elevate your, your perspective. You need to start seeing things the way God sees things. You, you, you need, you need, this is going to be hard, but you need deliverance. You need a breakthrough. You need a lasting life. I'm not talking about a 30-minute, you know, session of ease. I'm not talking about a, a, a play, oh, man, I just, man, I, you know. Listen, if you came to church today hoping to find pity, you're at the wrong one. We don't hand out pity. We connect you to power. Okay? You need power in your life. I said you need power in your life. You need, you, you, you need a breakthrough. In Exodus, in Exodus chapter 3, and God's talking to Moses, and he's taking him to a place, and he's leading him to a, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to a place where his life is going to make a radical difference. And, and, and to be honest with you, I think God's talking to most of us. I said I believe God's talking to most of us. You know, he, we're not here today just making a tape that we can send to somebody who really needs this message. You know, I think God's talking to most of us. As a matter of fact, when, when, when you read, when you go back and study through these chapters and you read this stuff, every time you see the word Moses, just put most of us, okay, because it's really close and it fits. And so God's talking to most of us about taking us to a place where our life can make a difference. In chapter 3, verse 8, he, it says, I have come to deliver them. And, and you know, those first five words, I just want to hammer that again. I have come to deliver. I'm telling you that God, God is in the deliverance business. I have come to deliver. God's come to make a difference in your life and in your situation and, and in your circumstance, and he has come to deliver. 
And, and, and to take you, look, look at where he's taking, I'm taking you to a good land. You got to get this, man. You got to wrap your heart and mind around this reality that, that God's taking you to a good place. That when you hook up to God, when you do life God's way, your life's going to get gooder. He ain't trying to harm you. He's trying to help you. He ain't putting you down. He's, he's lifting you up. And, 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 you know, that's what's crazy about us is we act as if God is trying to take something from us. We act like if we, if we were to do life God's way, you know, if we, if we took, you know, Matthew 6, seriously, seek first his kingdom and, and his righteousness, his way of doing, his way of being right. If we, if we went after life and did it his way, we wouldn't have any fun at all. Well, we act like God is like the, like he, he's just a, you know, a downer or something. Man, I'm telling you that when you do life God's way, you couldn't get a better result. You're going to, and I'm not just, man, I wish we could just really get this, that, that God, God will fill your life with joy. He will fill your life with peace. He will fill your life with hope. He will, and when he, when he fills you, it's going to change everybody around you. They can't help it. Matthew, uh, or Acts 16.31 in the message, you know, it says, when you put your entire trust in the master Jesus, you will live the life you were meant to and your whole household too. When, when, when you trust God enough to know that, hey, you're leading me to a good place. And it, 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 it's, it is good. It is, it is good. It's, it's better than I could get on my own. When, when you believe that, when you get sold out to that, when, when, when you have the revelation, man, when it's, you know, when it's proven to you, we're always trying to prove to the world something. You need to get something proven to you so that you'll live like, you know what? God knows best. Jeremiah 33, 3, he said, call unto me and I'll answer you, the, answer thee and show you great and mighty things that you don't know. God knows some stuff that you don't have a clue about. And, and, and in the current condition that you're at, in the, in, in the situation that you're dealing with right now, God knows the way through there. And if we could just, just say, okay, God, I'm going to do this thing your way. I'm serving you. Man, he's taking you to a good place. And, and, and it's important to see that he's taking us to a large place. Man, it's not just a good land, but it's a large land. And, and let me tell you something about that, that large land. It, what's that mean? This thing's bigger than you realize. I said this thing's bigger than you realize. You know, and some, someday, someday, you're going to, you know, man, you're, you're going to get to heaven someday. Amen? Do I have any people in here that can say, yes, I'm going to heaven? Thank you. God, you made me nervous there for a minute. Okay, you know, someday, someday you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to enter in there. And, and people that you haven't got a clue about, you're, you, won't need, you won't know them. And it'll, it'll probably go on for quite a while. You know, uh, unless, unless we make the rapture, you know, just, just, but let's just assume, let's just assume that, you know, when you're 120 years old and, and, and you just decide to flip the switch, okay, I'm just going home. I'm going to go home. You know, my dad, he wasn't 120, but my dad, on my mom's birthday, you know, in 1980, he'd been sent home to die with cancer, but he, he refused to die. And, and he, he got in the Proverbs, and he found that scripture, and, and, and you know, and, and he just stood on that word, and he lived another 20 years uh, after he was supposed to die. And, uh, but on my mom's birthday, uh, he, he called us in. He was in the, he, he, he was having some physical stuff, you know, and, uh, uh, he, but he called me in on my mom's birthday, and he said, hey, today's your mom's birthday. And I went, yeah, that's right. And he goes, well, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not going to die today. I said, good. He goes, I'm going to die tomorrow. I'm going home tomorrow. I said, why, why, why go home? Because I'm tired. 
I'm going home tomorrow. I don't want to ruin your mom's birthday, though. And, the, you know, the next morning at 5 o'clock, they called us, and he'd gone to be with Jesus. You know, someday, you're going to flip the switch, right? And you're going to go there. And, and, and for the rest of the time that people are on earth, they're going to keep showing up. And, and there's going to be people that come up to you that are going to make statements to you, and they're going to say, I just need a second. I got to thank you. I just need to thank you. Because remember, and you're going to go like, well, who, who? <laughs> you're welcome, but who the heck are you? Well, you, you, don't, you, you never really got to meet me, but uh, you, you, you remember when you, when, you, when you just decided you were going to scrape together, you bought a parking space. Remember that? Remember, remember back in the day when you, you, know, it, you worked all summer to get a parking space? Our family parked there. And, and, and we, 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 we met Jesus, and, and, uh, and we're here today. Me, my wife, my kids, my grandkids, we're here today because of you. Man, there's stuff going on. Now, let me tell you something about this land that God's leading you into. It's a large land. You know, you, you might have served last week during summer blast, and there might have been some kid. You know, out of 300 kids registered, 60 of them were from the garden. That's a clap moment. I'm just waiting on you. Nick and I, Tuesday night during rehearsal, uh, Alex needed something. So we jumped in the car. We ran over here to a store to pick up the part that he needed. We're, we're going to rush back. We got, in this, we got into the store, and this lady stops us, and, and, and we're talking. And, and oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know you, but I've seen you. I, I dropped my kids off at the church over there, and you guys were there. And, well, oh, they're doing the summer. Yeah, they're doing the summer. How the, oh, they are loving it. And someday, someday one of them's going to come up to you. You, 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 know, you might have served out here, and, and, and they might not ever come to the garden. But what if they come to Jesus? You know, and, and they're going to approach you, and they're going to high-five. Why? Because God's leading you to a large place. Man, what God's doing is bigger than you. It's bigger than us. And it's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a, but man, you got to get this. You, you got to trust him. You got you to wrap your heart around this reality. He ain't, he ain't out to hurt you. He's out to deliver you, right? He's out to deliver you. And you're going, oh God, hurry up. Man, del delivering me now. You know, because this mess I'm in, get me out of this mess. But that's not what the word deliver means. Check it out. He said, I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. By the way, Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, Giantites, Bigites, Littleites, Fatites, Skinnyites. They all live there. I said, they all live there. And uh, you're going to drive them out, make them poor, dwell in their place. Because you're going to go possess the land. See, the word deliver, it, it doesn't mean to translate. It doesn't mean to pluck up and to set in another spot. The word deliver means to equip you to fight and win. Matter of fact, I hope this week you take some time and read through some of this stuff. In the 13th chapter of the book of Exodus, where it says that God, God was leading the people out, and, and uh, uh, he couldn't take them the short route, even though that was nearer. But, but, but he, he had, because he, was, he knew that if they saw warfare, that they'd, they'd turn around and go back. The people would rather live in bondage than fight for their freedom. Let me tell you something. There's areas of your life where you need a breakthrough. There's areas of your life where you need God to come in and do something awesome. Where you, you need divine intervention. But, but listen, it, that ain't going to happen while you sit back and relax. 
Man, he's going to deliver you, but, but he's going to equip you to fight and win. It, say, it says in that 13th chapter, it says that God led the people about. And you, get out the old Strong's Concordance and open it up and study out some of those words. He led the people about. What it literally means is that God took the people through a series of twists and turns. And he, and he changed the way that they thought. He changed the perspective that they looked with. See, when, it, when he's bringing them out, they were already equipped to win. They just didn't know it. They just didn't realize how strong they were. They just didn't realize how positioned they were. They just didn't realize how equipped they were. But he, he spent, you know, and you, you know, you think about it, these guys spent 40 years on an 11-day journey. And, you know, most of the time, we think of that as it's a colossal waste of time. How, 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 it's like going to jack-in-the-box. No, no, I'm, I digress, but i got to talk about this for a minute just to get it off my chest. Because let me tell you something about jack-in-the-box. Number one, the food's not all that great. And if you're the manager there, we love you. <laughs> but uh, but, but here, here's the deal at jack-in-the-box. They, they don't cook it till you order it. So it takes them forever to make it. She's even upset about it. She's thinking about it. She, she, she's like, I hate jack-in-the-box. I hate it. And, you know, you pull into Jack in the Box, and you can get stuck there for a long time. Shelby and I, Shelby and I had friends in the car one night, and they were hungry, and they said, hey, could, could you pull in the Jack in the Box? We pulled in the Jack in the Box, and there were, you know, it's one of them that you can't get out of. Somebody pulled up behind us, and there's curbs all around. We were in that line. It, it was 40 years for an 11-day journey. <laughs> Man, it, and it's not that good. You know, it's not supposed to be good. It's supposed to be fast. And, and, well, anyways, get back to my message. You know, some of us, we spent so much time in something that would be, you know, be so quick. And, and, and there are moments that I've thought, man, I can't believe that they, that they took 40 years. But no, God invested all that time to equip them, to train them, to, to help them see who they were. See, and you've been, you've been, you've been for, you, you know, you, you, you've been in your situation for a while, but you got to let God, you got to let God work in it. So that he, he can change the way you think, which will change the way you feel, which will change the choices you make, which will change the actions you perform, which will change the habits you create, which will change the character you possess, which will change the end result. You can't just sit in there. You can't, you, you know what we deal with here in our culture and in our society is that we are addicted to comfort. Anytime it gets uncomfortable, we assume God's not in it. Anytime it's not convenient, you know, how many of you guys remember, you know, moves of God, like, like Brownsville Revival? How many remember the Brownsville Revival? You, you know, I don't know if you got to go down there, participate in that or not, uh, just to go check it out. You know, went down just to check it out. Stood in line from 9 o'clock in the morning. Because if you didn't, you weren't getting in that night. You know, you got there early and you stand in line. That's not real convenient. But what about the 600 or so volunteers that were working there all the time? See, we want a move of God. We want a move of God, but we want somebody else to pay for it. We, we want a breakthrough in our life, but we want it at someone else's expense. We, we, we want to introduce God into our situation, but we don't want to change our scheduling. Oh, 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 he's messing with us now. He's messing with us. What if God wants to deliver you. See, if you don't show up for the fight, you forfeit the win. See, if, if, if you won't stand up and fight, 
Man, I'm telling you, you got you to get this mindset. The, you know what? I'm not, I refuse to go for comfort and convenience when breakthrough is right at the other side of that threshold. Man, here's a verse for you. Here's a verse for you. There's a great and effectual door of opportunity open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Paul was writing it, and, and he was talking about going to the place that God had called him to go, and he's writing to him because, you know, everybody's telling him they're going to kill you there, but he didn't use that as an excuse not to go. He, 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 he wrote and said, you know what? There's this huge door of opportunity open. I'm going, and in the King James Bible, it says, and there are many adversaries. In the words, there are in italics, which means that they've been added to help you understand the text. So in the original, it says, there's a great and effectual door open unto me and many adversaries. Not only can you see this door of opportunity, but so can your enemy. And your enemy's doing everything he can to keep you on the other side of the door. He wants you to get as close to the border as you can, but he doesn't want you crossing in. He doesn't want you using your authority. He doesn't, he doesn't want, he doesn't want the, the dads in this room to know that they have spiritual authority in their house, that they can drive the enemy out, that they can walk through the house and say, you know what? No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Every tongue that rises against us, we condemn it right now in the mighty name of Jesus because this is the heritage of the children of the living God. He, the, the devil doesn't want you to know that you can demonstrate your authority. He wants you to be a stinking church attender that comes with 1.4 times a month and lies to himself and says, I'm really committed. Yet you are committed to self, to ease, to comfort, to convenience, but to have what God has for you. Listen to me. Uh, uh, you know, I, man, I love you enough to tell you the truth today. That, that, that it's, it's really difficult to watch people struggle in areas of their life knowing that they could have insane victory if they weren't so stinking lazy. If we weren't so... Yeah, it's so funny because there's some people, that's right, that's what I've been telling them. I've been telling them that for years. And there's another guy sitting there going, shut up. Oh, hallelujah. You know, our, our, our addiction to comfort... You know, our addiction to comfort is amazing. Anything difficult must not be God. Have you read the book? Anybody who ever hung out with Jesus, dang near got killed for it. No, no, oh, excuse me. They did! You and I, you know, somebody's mean to us. And, and, and we wonder where the blessing of God's gone. You got to toughen up, buttercup. You know, it, don't you think it's time to take the floaties off and kind of move away from the shallow end of the pool a little bit, head down towards the deep end? Uh, you, know, you know, that's what Joshua had in him when he stood up and said, listen, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe it just doesn't seem right to you guys. Uh, pick the God. What's your preference? But as for me and my house... He's speaking for his whole house. I don't know that there was a meeting where he asked him. Yeah, I don't know if he got a consensus. I don't, I don't know if they took a vote, but I know this much, is that it, it wasn't easy. There, it wasn't convenient. It, it wasn't comfortable. 
You know, don't you wish you could become, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger through sleep? Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if you could just be like a muscle-bound freak by eating cake? That doesn't work. I tried. It ain't working, okay? I'm just saying. They lied to me. Okay. No, you know what? Maybe to get a result that you really, really want, you really, really desire, you might have to perform some actions you don't like. You know, I just want to challenge you, you know, to, to refuse to be complacent. And in the areas of compromise, hey, let's recognize them in our life. You, you know, uh, in, in, in Exodus 3, is it verse 12, where it says, hey, man, you know, uh, and, and, and Moses, or most of us, is talking back to God, and he said, hey, let's, let's suppose I go do this. If I go to the people and tell them, hey, God, the God of our fathers has sent us, they're going to ask a question, which God are you talking about? You know, when, when people look at you and they see the God that, 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 you, that you are exalting in your life, which God are you talking about? Remember the verse that says, ascribe greatness unto the Lord our God. Ascribe, ascribe unto God greatness. Ascribe greatness. You know, uh, that doesn't mean sing a couple of songs. To ascribe greatness literally means cast the blame upon God. Blame God. Which God do you cast the blame on? Let me tell you why. Let, let me tell you why. I will never be beneath. I will always be above. It's God's fault. Let me tell you why I, I'll walk every day of my life in victory. Every day of my life, I'm, I'll walk in victory. You ain't never seen me defeated. Let me tell you why. It ain't me. It's God's fault. It's God's fault. Yeah, but you don't deal with the stuff we deal with. <laughs> oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? <laughs> Let me tell you why I'll live and not die. It's God's fault. Let me tell you why my kids are going to serve God. It's God's fault. Let me tell you why I'm above only and not beneath. It's God's fault. Let me tell you why I'm blessed coming in and going out and in the city. And in the, it's God's fault. Which God are you talking about? Because see, some of you, the God you serve isn't big enough to help you with your attitude. The God you serve isn't big enough to help you with your unforgiveness. The God you serve isn't big enough to help you with the financial challenge that you're facing. He isn't big enough to, to because you, you tell people all the time, listen, all we got to do is open up your Facebook page. I can't believe the way these people have treated me. That's your message to the whole stinking world? I wish you could see you right now. You're so cute. Yeah, but they've been really mean to me. Which God are you talking about? You know, these ites, these ites, each, each one of the ites represent, represent a spirit that we have to drive out of our life. How many of you want me to take like just a few minutes and tell you about the ites real quick? You want me to tell you? How many people? Cool, I'll do that next Sunday. Um, 
<laughs> but I, I want to I tell you about one of them. One, one of the ites, it, he had an arrogant, it, it, it was an arrogant and a bullying spirit. And, uh, uh, and, 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 you know, and it was, he lived all about him and it was all about himself. And, 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 but, you know, uh, a lot of times, though, you know, we, we think about that arrogance. A lot of people, especially insecure people, you know what they think when they find somebody with confidence? They, they mistake confidence for arrogance. I mean, the disciples kind of did it with Jesus in the boat. Remember when, when Jesus is in the boat sleeping and they think they're dying? Remember, they, they wake up a guy who's on the way to the cross to give his life for them. He's going to, he, he, he's shared with them, man. He, they, know, they know what's coming. And they wake that guy up, the guy that's going to go die for him. They wake him up and say, don't you care that we are perishing here? It's kind of a weird question to ask the guy that's going to go die for you. Don't you care about me? Yeah, he cares about you. He just ain't going to worry about you. You know, and anybody that has confidence, insecure people think they're arrogant. Don't always think that confidence is arrogance. Yeah, but the Bible says, brethren, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. And when we hear that scripture, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, we start thinking about people who think they're all that. And we're thinking, well, you get back down here, and you ain't no better than me. Well, check this out for a minute, because what if, what if we think wrong? Not, I'm not advocating arrogance. I just think, though, that you need to know what he's talking about when he says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought, so that you don't let that ite rule your life. Go to Romans 12. Romans 12, chapter, you know, chapter 12, verse 1. We all know these scriptures. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, brother, mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holding yourself for one to God, which is the least that you can do. He said, man, man, I'm begging you in view of how good God's been to you. Man, you, you, you live in America. Man, you, you better be celebrating. Matter of fact, if you wish you didn't, we'll pay your way out of here. I do want to say this, though, whether you're Republican or Democratic or whatever, you know, because everybody, you know, as the, as the politics start flowing, people keep trying to trap me. You know, they ask, they ask leading questions and all kinds of stuff. You know, okay, who is it? Is it Hillary? Is it, is it you know, are, 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 you going, are you going for it? What, what's, is it Trump? What's the deal? Uh, uh, let me say this to you. That doesn't matter. I think that whatever you believe in, you should stand up for it. Definitely you should vote. But let me just tell you something about politi politicians. They are not the hope of the world. You got you to stop acting like when we get the right president, everything's going to be good. No, when you serve God, I digress. In view of how good God has been, live as a sacrifice pleasing to God. Look at verse 2. Don't let this world conform you. But, uh, uh, you know, it's got the, these weird customs, but, but be changed by the entire renewal of your mind. New ideas and a new attitude. Look at somebody say, you need a new attitude. Some of you guys have been waiting for weeks to say that. Okay. You need and, but look what he said. So that you can prove for yourself. You got to prove this to yourself. If you're going to live like a believer, it needs to be proved to you that God's will is good. God's will is perfect. God's will is acceptable. Even the thing that's good and acceptable, perfect, and in his sight for you, there's a right way for you. There's a right way for our kids. There's a right way. You, you know, you got to get this proven to you. Look at verse 3. By the grace given to me, I'm, I'm warning every one of you, 
Don't estimate and think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't have an exaggerated opinion of your own importance yet. There it is. There it is. See, it's in the Bible. Okay, look at verse 4. For as in one physical body, we have many parts, and all these parts do not have the same function or use. Verse 5. Uh, we, numerous as we are, are one body in Christ, and individually we are parts of one another. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Let me tell you how this it rules your life. He's talking about the body. I don't need the church. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. I don't need people in my life. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Let me tell you something. You do not belong to you. And if you, if you want to get out of that chair of, 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 you know, of complacency, you, you, you want to avoid conflict with God, man, he said, you, you want to experience deliverance and breakthrough in your life? Let me tell you something. You, you got to break the mindset. You, you know, it, uh, the other night when we had the, you know, we had a couple hundred guys here and we had casino night and we, we, we you know, we were building a relationship and just having a good time together. And, and uh, 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 but we talked about gambling for a minute. And let me tell you something about the, in order for something to be gambling, and, and I'm not preaching against gambling. Don't get all freaked out. You know, uh, I, I'm not the Holy Spirit, but I, I think that you ought to know the definition of something before you participate in it. And gambling, you know, there's three elements that, that make up gambling. And the first element is, is, is that there has to be an element of chance or luck, okay? That's the first element. The second element is that there needs to be a wager involved, usually money. Not always money, but usually money. So there has to be a wager of money uh, uh, with an element of luck. But the third element, which is the most important element, is, is that there, there, there is a game of chance or luck in, in which there is a wager that is placed and that the winner is awarded a prize at the loser's expense. That's what makes something gambling. See, well, we're betting against the house. No, the house ain't ever going to lose. You're not betting against the house. You're betting against the losers. It's really weird how quiet it gets. Okay, really, it's theft by permission. That's what it is. It's like, hey, I'm okay with it if you take my money. But I'm going to be even more okay with it if I take yours. Okay. And as long as you're cool with that, cool. But see, a lot of us, we, even our, our relationship with God, our relationship with church, we're going to come if we, and, and get what we need as long as somebody else covers the expenses. Yeah, I love those ice cream cones, man. That water's awesome. But don't you ever ask me to buy a parking space again. Frankly, Scarlett, I don't care whether you buy one or not. But I think that we have to recognize that we, sometimes we, it's easy to think more highly of ourselves. Because let me tell you something about church life. The cause of, you know, God so loved the world. But Jesus, man, Jesus died for the church. And this thing's bigger than you. And to drive this eye out will not be done in a convenient manner. To deal with this in your life, man, there's six of them that, that he talks about. And you ain't going to get deliverance over any of them and remain comfortable. You know, I noticed something. Uh, I'll start closing because I'm, I'm way over time already. I love to close. 
Sometimes they do it seven times. <laughs> I noticed something, you know, uh, Ryan and Taylor, you know, they just had Charlie, just had the baby, just brought it. And had it, it, it you know, anytime somebody just, you know, ha, anytime a couple has a baby, you know, you know their whole world's about ready to change. But you know what I think is interesting, though, is, is that, and, and you don't mind me talking about this, do you? No, okay, good. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I learned a lot that the, with the first child, with, when, when Evan was, was born, you know, 18 hours of labor. Shelby, Shelby, you know, 18 hours of labor for Evan. It was hard on me. <laughs> man, man, it's, I mean, man, you don't know how many times I had to just walk out and go get a cup of coffee and say. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Just, you know, when she was pregnant, you know, remember that, how many guys can remember when your wife went into the nesting mode? Yeah, yeah, the nesting mode. And, and getting stuff ready, and, you know, it's so interesting to watch and be a part of and, and, and to watch and Shelby had you know we had this little bag and it was it was close and and, and this is what we're going to do and and there was a list and these are the things that we need to make to make you know and, and she spent weeks developing the list of things that were going and, and then then there was the list of people the people who 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 could have access at different moments you know when we get to this point see you're going to have to be you're going to have to be okay with this tom tom you're going to have to deal with this for me and and you there's certain people that it's fine up until this one moment but when we reach this spot those people are no longer allowed near me and now this group's great but then there's another moment when all of them got to go too and we're down to just these people okay and 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 you know and in the in her little bag there she had she, she you know man she had this little thing i don't know it looked like a pair of broken scissors and she would do it remember the eyelash thing and, you, and she would do that thing and, and she would get herself ready because when 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 this child listen when you what your mama was hoping is that when you came onto the uh, you know onto the face of the earth that you'd look up at your mother and she would have a glamour shot moment and you would be there and you'd look at your mom and you'd go wow and, and, and that that's what she was going for i'm telling you she was going for that but somewhere in the middle of 18 hours of labor things that used to matter suddenly went right on out the window there was a moment that she didn't care if we were in the parking lot she didn't care who was there get this thing out of me and she was ready for deliverance i want to ask you something you know it. Hey, we can talk later, but you know it's true. Don't even. Oh, oh, oh. She's like, oh, would you like to come up and say something? No, because you know I'm telling the truth. Because he, he, you know, he, you might not got a wow, but we got a wow that lasted for like 27 years. It's crazy. I think I remember telling you. Not a good idea, kids. Not a good idea. But anyways, we got them. Here's the question. Here's the question. You want deliverance? Or just the result? Because you will reach a point that what you used to care about is no longer that big of a deal. There, in this process... Of deliverance when you realize my god there are some there are some steps here that I could probably you know uh, well I can't live without them 
because I can't have the deliverance without them. It's kind of like, oh man, I can't keep going there. It's kind of like wanting your kids to have everything that you've had and better, but you don't want them to work to get it. Well, how'd you get it? I worked. That's like saying I want a chocolate cake, but I don't want to use flour. Shelby's sister made us uh, brownies one time. I used them for a doorstop for two or three years. You know, some of you guys, you, you want the result, but you don't like the recipe. Let me tell you something. You want deliverance? You want breakthrough? You're going to have to give up convenience. You're going to have to give up comfort. Hey, Amen. Well, I thought if I prayed the prayer and raised my hands, fill out a card, I thought everybody's going to like me. No, we lied. We told you that just to get you to raise your hand, pray the prayer, and sign the card. But this is full disclosure Sunday. You know, you're going to walk in victory. See, you're going to walk in victory. You're going to have to get over that addiction to comfort. You're going to have to get over that, 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 that desire for it to be easy. You're going to have to realize, no, I was equipped to fight and win. So I'll fight for my freedom. I will fight for my freedom. I want you to close your book, bow your head, let's pray. Father, I just pray for these people. I know that there's people in this room right now that there's situations, they're at the threshold of breakthrough. And we know, God, that you have come to deliver. And we want to embrace that and receive that and celebrate that. But we also know we got to participate with that. So help us. God, we, we receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which has the power to change the way we think. Help us. Help us, God, to recognize where we, we, we got to get over some things so that we can get to the things you've called and created us for. While heads are still bowed, eyes are closed, if you're here today, we're all going to pray one more prayer together. And some of you guys, the very first step, the very first step that you need to take is toward God. You need to recognize that you've tried life without it. Maybe, maybe you used to have him. Maybe you thought you had him. But here's the deal, is today you know you need him. Well, if that's you, I'm going to invite you to make this prayer your prayer. Make it personal. We're all going to pray it together. I won't call you out. won't have you stand. But if you're here today and you say, you know what, Tom? I'm making this prayer my prayer. I'm getting real with God because I need God to get real with me. If, that, if that's you, while nobody's looking around, I just want you to hold your hand up real high so I can agree with you. Just lift it up. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. You can put them back down. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just reach up high and wave. Just say, yeah, I'm, I'm getting real with God today. When everybody in this place pray this with me, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, guys, celebrate today.